When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Success to Significance. I'm Jen Duplessis, and my guest today is Nikki Green. Welcome, Nikki. We're happy to have you here. Hi, everybody. <laughs> happy to have you here. Well, let me tell, tell everyone a little bit about you. Nikki um, left the tech world to inspire the next generation to do things differently. She partners with graduating college students to create a syllabus for life uh, designed to help them pursue their passions rather than just a paycheck, which is great. Really interesting. So I'm going to talk to you about that. Um, through her book, I Laugh in the Face of Danger and her weekly podcast, Stand Up and Stand Out, which I've been fortunate to be on, she coaches the chameleon mindset. I'm going to talk about that, teaching her audiences how to adapt their, to the ever-changing market. So welcome to the show. So happy to Thank have you. Thank you. It's I, lovely yeah. to be here. One thing that's really good about the environment that we're in now, changing environments, is that we met on a digital summit and we're doing podcasts on a digital summit and we just tried to figure out if we could see each other at an event and that's not going to work we're actually going to opposing events um but it's amazing you know how we've been able to change and then create these great relationships um so i want to i want to go back you know as you know this is called success to significance it doesn't always mean i'm successful and now i want to be significant it's everything in between um why so here you are in the tech world where, tell us about that transformation and that transition and why um, working with college students, you know, just graduating is so important. And we'll go into some of the details of that as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been working in tech for the last 20 years and, you know, moving up the ranks and doing the things that, you know, people do in their careers. And it was super, super involved and loving it in some ways and not loving it in others. Um, I really love the people that worked for me. My team was really important to me in helping them develop and grow their careers. And although obviously my career was important, I started to lose some of the love for all of it with you know, what was going on in leadership above me. And what I also noticed is you know, we had some of the brightest minds coming in from top universities all over, not just the country, but all over the world. And they were lacking these really important skills, life skills, to be able to function not just at work, but also in their personal lives. And so as the pandemic happened and I was trying to think of my next transition, I said, look, I've, I've done this. I want to go back and I want to help people. And it was also a time I felt really lost in my life. And so throughout my career in tech, I was building out this curriculum that I used with my employees. And I said, hey, let's make this a business. Let's work with them and let's really help them be successful and get away from some of the things they've been told about 
how things work. You know, you study one thing and that's all you ever do. <laughs> and we'll go from there. Yeah. So I have some follow-up questions, you know, for that, um, you know, in, in that space there. So you, you know, here you are working in the tech and you're recognizing that these college students are coming in, they're lacking um, these pertinent skills, you say, you know, not only for work, but also for life. So let's talk about how you recognize that, you know, it was it just in, because they must've worked for you. You've been in for a long time, but they must've worked for you. But what are some of the signs? Because the people that are listening to this, to this podcast are saying, okay, so should I be looking for these signs in my practice? And what about my kids? If people do have mine are much older, but those <laughs> that are just graduating, how can I, um, you know, arm them with the tools that they're going to need. So can you, can you highlight like, you know, maybe three things that you saw that they lack that become sort of the overlay? Yeah. And some really critical things. If you think about the way that we educate students, we give them a very clear curriculum of what to follow. You pick your major, however that comes about. We give you, you know, all the classes you're supposed to take. Then you go take that class. We give you a syllabus. We tell you what book to buy, when the test is going to be, how to study and what subjects are going to be on it. It is so minutely managed that they forget to be creative. They forget to think for themselves and they don't know know how to solve problems without being laid out step by step by step. And so this is really difficult when they get into the work world and also just the real world, because there is no map. There is no map for life. You have to build it. You have to create it. And when you get problems in your life, you have to solve them. And the number one problem most of them had is they had no idea about finances, personal finances. Most of these people had accounting degrees, finance degrees. They knew how to read a P&L. They knew how to trade stocks, but they knew nothing about personal finances. (laughs) And I think, you know, I think that's really sad. I mean, I want to share a quick story. I I speak at Washington Washington University in Washington, D.C., Um, every year on a panel called uh, Women in Business, WIB. And what it is, is that they bring in all of these students that are taking accounting and finance and, you know, all the finance pieces. And they bring um, four or five of us in. And I've been, you know, blessed to be there a couple of years, you know, several years, but to be there. And um, so I come in and I'm me and I'm, and I'm all girly and I have pink, nail polish on. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just, I am me. And, and even when I was in financial services, I was like that. I was just going to be me. I'm, I'm authentic about that. And, um, you know, so we were all talking and doing our little paneling thing. And we said, any questions, right? And timid, 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 yeah. right? Finally, a hand comes up, right? This, this young little girl, her hands comes up and she says, um, I have a question. I said, yes, go ahead. What's your question? And she said, um, can you wear a dress at to a business meeting? And I said, what? And I just kind of showed her my dress and I went, yes, you can. <laughs> yeah. So now it's always hard to be the first person, right? Second person's like, oh, oh, I have a question. Okay, now I got a second. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Women in business. Can you wear nail polish in a meeting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like... Oh my gosh. And my daughter came with me. She was in college at the time. She came with me. Um, and she's certainly not like that. Right. She came with me, um, as my assistant. Right. And she looked at me and looked back and, and then she raised her hand and said, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> and I thought that was so interesting because you know, what you brought up is like this, this timid action that happens with them. Um, you know, with them, with not, with problem solving. 
So now I want to ask another question that's related to that, but not really. Um, Go for it. Is, you know, you see this in uh, young students who come out of a very structured environment. I feel like this happens to those of us who are in a structured environment and work who try to be entrepreneurs. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what's happened to me as well. You know, originally I said, okay, I'm solely going to focus on these college students. But what happened during the pandemic is many people got frozen. And so maybe even if they graduated two, five years ago, you know, before they thought they were going to have a certain experience. They had this expectation. I'm going to drive a nice car. I'm going to go downtown. I'm going to work in a nice office building. I'm going to wear these nice clothes. Right. And that's how I go to work. It was all about this whole brand image. And then they got to work and they're like, oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Now you're going to be at your kitchen table in your PJs. And yeah. so then they started to really rethink what work meant and try to go be entrepreneurs, try to freelance, try to do their own thing. But they still had this image in their mind of what work was. And they are struggling to convert to how do I be myself, really yeah. genuinely be myself, no matter what my business is, working for someone else or working for me. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I imagine as adults, we have that same problem when we transition out of a structured mm-hmm. environment as well. Um, yeah. And okay. So, so that's it. And, and I think the other thing too, is that, um, you know, when people, I know when people graduate from college, they have their degree and they have their GPA and it's always on their resume because right. that's what they think everybody wants. And I said, well, that'll get you your first job, but that will ne- you'll never use it again. You will never, mm-hmm. ever, ever use it again. And so now they have to make those, you know, I call them Henry's they're high earners, not ready yet for yep. anything, right? They, they're <laughs> earning money, but they're not ready yet for life. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not, you know, ready yet. So, okay. I know you've got, um, so let's talk about the syllabus of life. Give us some, some, a few things about the syllabus of life um, that you, you strategize with them on. How do you get them started? Um, I mean, I mean, to a certain extent, are you putting them back into college because you're providing a syllabus or are you giving them a syllabus that is just a uh, roadmap to expand? It's exactly that. So before the syllabus was handed to them, right? Right. It's like they sort of picked some esoteric idea of like, I like marketing. And then someone gave them a roadmap to marketing and jobs, but not really. And no one really gave them that same direction in life. A lot of times, maybe they saw how their parents were or their grandparents or aunts or uncles or someone around them, but they didn't really relate to what do I want to be as a person, as a holistic person. We got so driven with how my career is going to define me we forgot about, well, where do I want to live? Now you really can live a lot of different places and have great jobs. What kind of partnerships do I want to have? Not just in a, you know, personal relationship, friends, where do you want to be with your family? Yeah, exactly. All those things. And then what else do I want to do? It's not just that I want to make a lot of money. What does that money mean to you? What is it going to give you out of your life? Is it travel? Is it, you know, the ability to go to the theater? Is it just going to, you know, maybe hang out with your friends at a bar, right? Those things have to really be more concrete and you have to be really related to them to be driven because the money loses its luster very, very quickly. And you have to have some passion behind it that drives that need to go get that paycheck every day. However, that paycheck comes, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just can't help but think that adults need this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not just college and everybody. Because that's why this podcast is called Success to Significance, because uh, my identity was my success. And when I didn't have that identity, I said, what, 
Cause, and and I've, I've said it on this podcast a thousand times. You all can, those of you listening, you can go back. And if you've been listening for a while, you know, I've said it. I, two weeks after I left the mortgage industry, I was out networking because I still want to network, right? Still want to do things. And someone said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a more, uh, <laughs> uh, and that's when I, you know, created this podcast and, you know, the subtitle of this podcast is uh, life after breaking through glass ceilings, right? Mm -hmm. And so regardless of whether they're money ceilings or women's ceilings, I'm talking all ceilings, like, what do you do? You know, what, what is life after? Life mm -hmm. after you've done all those things. And I, I just can't help but think that there are so many um, entrepreneurs that need this. And I wouldn't even call them entrepreneurs. I would say small business owners that need this so they can get to the level of being an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I love that. So what you're doing is you're guiding them to create their own syllabus so that they could create their own syllabus. You need to have their parents in it so their parents can create their own syllabus too, um, because they're going to look at these kids and go, who are you? <laughs> you become a different person and it happened to me. And this is why it's easy for me to relate now as well as, you know, when I left my corporate job after 20 years of like, this was everything. It was yeah. 70 plus hours a week. I was traveling. I was all over the place. And all of a sudden I was only in the four walls of my house. Yeah. And I had this like absolute panic attack going, I'm unemployed. Like that was literally the first word that came to my yeah. mind when yeah. I, I had saved, I had plenty of money. I knew I had cushion. I had this vision, but that was, I was literally like terrified. All of a sudden I had this scarcity mindset and I was just in a, about to have a downward spiral. And I said, no, let's use our own methodology. Let's bring ourselves back up and test it. Right. And, and realize the things that are going to help trigger you. And so I've been starting to work on this uh, online course called I graduated now what, but it's funny because yeah. as you said, many people said, Hey, what about, I started a business now what I retired now what? So I think we can make a whole series. Of oh yeah. You different. totally can. You know what I would do? I would make a whole book series is what I yes. would do. Yeah. A whole book series about it. Yeah. Because even graduated, it's like I graduated from my job. Now what? Right. I graduated mm -hmm. from being self-employed. Now what, you know, whatever, whatever it is, I think that you're graduating, you know, from those, from those things. So, okay. So let's dig, um, dig deep. I want to just ask you, uh, about the chameleon mindset. That's one thing I want to ask you about. And then I want to ask you, um, you know, what, what exactly you're teaching in the, you know, in the, not so much the syllabus of it, but, you know, to give us some tips, on making this transition for those that are listening in here and have children or whatever. And they're saying, okay, well, you know, I, first of all, I want them to contact you, but if they don't do that, what could they do to help their children or, or increase the awareness that maybe their child is in this or coming mm -hmm. to it as we get into, you know, graduation. So let's talk about the chameleon mindset first, and then we can talk about a few tips. Yeah. So I'm actually working on my second book, which will be fully about chameleon mindset. And with that, there's going to be uh, an interactive journal for people to use to actually work through the exercise. Um, I call it the karate kid style of learning. So you're going to be doing things that make you uncomfortable and you don't understand quite why you're doing them, yeah. but they will help you change your behavior. And it's based on a foundation of, of um, part of psychology called creative adaptability. So one of the things that, um, you know, as again, people learn sort of, I'm going to do this step one, step two, step three. And this is how I get linearly through, you know, whatever thing I'm trying to do. Things are not working that way. Change is happening 
to us constantly right now in the form of technology, economics, all sorts of things. And that makes us uncomfortable and we don't know how to get out of it. And so creative adaptability uses um, a triangle of three pillars of behavior, cognitive and emotional to help you move through those three areas to connect disparate dots of things which you wouldn't normally because it's not linear. Your mind is jumping around to different dots. Sometimes you have a behavioral block, sometimes it's a cognitive block, and sometimes it's emotional and sometimes it's all three wrapped up into one. Just like I was afraid of when I left work that I was unemployed, that was emotional, you know, even though cognitively <laughs> I was perfectly fine financially, right? Right. I see. Yeah, I, I was going to say, give us an example, but that's a perfect example. And, you know, and, and as I'm listening to this, my, I'm an engineer, so I like first, second, third, fourth, fifth. <laughs> yeah. It's combined with this super high I in disc profiling. I'm a high I and I'm also a C, mm-hmm. right? I'm also D, be careful because I'm driven, but I am a C. And so I'm like, oh, it sounds like really a lot of fun and I can make a lot of money, but I need to know every single step to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And so I do another technique that's called going small to go big. And so you can think of the goal and you can have that goal in your mind, but we are going to start with very small steps each day. Stay laser focused on today's step, tomorrow's step tomorrow, and don't get caught up with the how of how is it all going to come together? Know that you're continually building towards that bigger goal and don't let yourself get overwhelmed because those changes, those turns in the road are going to happen to you and because of the decisions you're making and you need to be able to adapt. And if you get so locked into one, two, three, and it's actually one, five, seven, You need to be able to jump forward when you have that opportunity. And I, and I see that, you know, and thankfully I'm pretty good at it, but I would say I'm probably like 60% good at it. I'm not (laughs) that good. I see it. And then sometimes I choose "Mm -mm, it's out of, it's out of sequence. I don't know if I can handle that because I'm an OCD, right? So (laughs) So I'll have, I'll have my, or it's an emotional thing, you know, who knows, yeah, what, exactly. it who knows what it is, but I, I resist it. There is no question about it. I resist it. So how do you help people get over the resistance then? So we do, like I said, very simple exercises and they have absolutely nothing to do with your goal, which is the beauty of it. So one of the exercises I say is something I did yesterday. Uh, I went and met a friend for lunch and instead of ordering the normal sushi thing that I would have every day, I forced myself to order something different. Yeah. Now you're like, what, what does that have to do with, you know, me setting my goal? It's making you uncomfortable with a situation you could normally be comfortable. And it's small exercises like this that we build on over time, but it makes it very tolerable. Right. Yeah. And then it makes yeah. it easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it, you know, like Darren Hardy always says, it's the seemingly insignificant choices that you make that have significant impacts on your life. And so making those little changes and, you know, another way I, I've also shared this in a way. Um, so think of yarn right? Mm -hmm. One piece of yarn. If I had one piece of yarn, I could yank it and pull it and break it. Right. But if the, if I go back and forth and back and forth and I'm creating these behavioral habits, right. And trends, you can't break the yarn. You have to cut it, right. You cannot break it. So what you're saying is to create these strings, so to speak, create (laughs) these strings in areas that aren't necessarily where you're, you're, um, at a high state, right. Mm -hmm. In a a state, and for those of you that didn't hear that or see that, and you only heard me squeak, 
<laughs> you know, you were at this high state is to cre is create, create these threads and build these behaviors in other areas that, that you're not at that high state so that when you get to the high state, it's just normal to make a decision in a different direction. Exactly. And you get more comfortable with quick decision-making. Yeah. That's the thing is so many people get really stuck with the decision. The decision starts to weigh more than the decision itself. And you end up in this cognitive cycle where you just can't let it go and you're not sure why. And so if we break some of these other patterns in very simple things, you just simply get yeah. more comfortable with yeah. that uncomfortable feeling. There's a way that God does divine intervention because I'm in that right now. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so involved in making the decision that I can't make the decision because I'm trying to make a decision about the decision and I'm in the decision. I mean, it's just a vicious circle, right? It's creating all this, this crazy chaos. And, and the bottom line is I need to um, go drink coffee because I don't drink coffee and just get myself out of the stage. Just do something different. Exactly. <laughs> go, go drink coffee and then maybe I'll be hyper enough to make the decision. I don't there know. There you go. I don't know. Okay. So let's, let's end our time together today with a couple of tips to help people um, that are listening to this, that, that may have children who are in college, right? In college or coming out of college. What are some um, things, some awareness techniques or things that you noticed that they could notice. And I know you said, you know, they wanted it to be systematic, but bring us into somebody's house and they're dealing with their child and their child's looking for a job and they don't know about all that. What are some things that we need to be looking for that we then say, wait a minute, maybe they're in this cycle and we need to break this chain. Yeah. And I think if they've just graduated and they don't have a job yet, a lot of that will start to be a paralysis very, very quickly because they'll start to see their friends, especially with social media now <sighs> landing what they think is the perfect thing. Yeah, exactly. And we need to get out of that paralysis. And so the very first thing you need to do is make sure they get a job, any job, go do something, go do something fun, go mow the neighbor's lawn, go uh, help clean the garden at your church, go do something positive in your community to connect with people again, especially after the two years of the pandemic. Yeah. Don't let them get stuck with only taking the perfect thing right now. They gotcha. cannot just take the perfect thing because the perfect thing, you don't even know what it is, it is. until your you're in is it. Not perfect. It won't be. Get over yes. With it. Get over with it. Yeah, exactly. And okay. people are the next big connection. Okay. Um, so there's a catalyst for that. Like if you start to see them kind of shying away from their friends, they're staying indoors more. They're just not simply socializing, yeah, and socializing solely through the phone and the fake world that's there. That's not good. And so all of us need to really start to make an effort again to just get back out and social and really just start to talk to people at the grocery store at, you know, the, the line. Whoa, of the whoa, you're not six feet from me. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I notice when I get in an elevator, I go stand in the corner now. It's just yeah, <laughs> in condition to do. Yeah, it's interesting. I was um, talking to a colleague of mine uh, not too long ago, and actually we were in a big mastermind. And, and instead of solving a problem for his business, he's like, "What do I do with my son? My son is just sitting like a bump on a log. He doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't want to go get a job here. He doesn't want to do there. He doesn't want this. And he's postgraduate, right? What do we do with him? I mean, and, and everyone said, "Charge him rent. That's what you do. Just charge him rent." And that'll force him to do something <laughs> and, and he needs you. So I can't wait to, to, I've got to find out. I can't, I don't remember his name. I know who he is. I just don't remember his name and I'll get you connected because Absolutely. it sounds like his, his son needs that. So now do you, do you do group coaching? Do you do one-on-one? -on -one? How do these kids feel about being in a group and sharing and stuff? 
Yeah, I do both because it really depends on the individuals and where they're at. You know, even I've had these things in my life where, um, you know, like right now I seem very extroverted and very outgoing, but at that time in my life, yeah. I was extremely introverted. I had had a lot of trauma in my childhood. I was trying to get that perfect job. I did the straight A's. I did all the things. And all of a sudden I got out and I was in free fall. So I understand both sides of it. And I understand the needs. Sometimes people want that recognition in a group to be able to openly share their problems and have us collectively solve. Other people are that shy person where I don't even wanna ask what seems like a basic question to us because I'm afraid of the judgment. And that's where I do one-on-one coaching yeah, to yeah. help them through. Yeah, that. and I know, and especially now because there's so much uh, you know, suicide. I mean, let's be yes. real, there's a lot of suicide. And so you really are doing some, you know, whether, whether you realize it or not, it is a suicide prevention program as well because what you're doing is getting people out of that deep, dark, uh, emotional state and, and letting them see what it's possible. And, um, you know, and I just, I commend you for that. I, I really do. And I imagine and now, well, I shouldn't imagine anything. Is there a charity that you work with that's associated with your, your company? Yeah. So I'm actually on the board of a local charity here in Chicago. It is called Welcome to the Queendom and they help young women as they're in high school, trying to figure out the next thing for themselves. And so I'm really proud to be well, uh, part of Welcome to the Queendom. They do a lot of great work here in Chicago. It's been especially a challenge during the pandemic because we couldn't have fundraisers. We couldn't, you know, really have after school programs. Everything yeah, had yeah. to be virtual. So I'm super excited that we'll be back in person in the fall as school begins and lots of exciting stuff coming to to, to really help awesome. Um, awesome. many young women here in Chicago. So. so Nikki, how do people get in touch with you? I, uh, we will have, we will have links, but what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah. If you just go to my website, the you guys can see all kinds of stuff about what's going on with me. If you just want to sit behind the scenes and read my book and learn about some of my history, you're welcome to do that. And I put my calendar link right on there. I don't yep. mess around with let's go back and forth go ahead, schedule a call and let's talk completely yeah. free. I open my doors and my time is yours to just talk about everything, nothing, sit and stare at each other, whatever helps you at the time. <laughs> right. And I know we have a link in there that's specific for our listeners and we'll make sure that, that link is in there for whatever it is you're giving away to them or whatever you're, what, do you know what you're doing for that yet? Yeah. So, uh, we have something that'll help actually anybody. And it's a free mini course on how to fall in love with a digital notebook. During my time at Microsoft, I really started moving away from paper and onto digital, and it can help people with lots of different tasks within their life to stay organized, create that syllabus for life and, you know, get towards that vision of the big goal while they're working through the small challenges. That's great. Okay. So we'll have that gift in there as well. So you guys can pick up that gift. Any parting words you'd like to leave with us? Yeah, I think, you know, have some patience with yourself and be happy. Hopefully we'll get this out in summer and you guys can listen to it while you're out for a walk, enjoying the sunshine and really getting out in the world again. It's such an important piece for all of us, no matter what walk of life you're in. And if you need anything that I can help you with, don't hesitate to reach out and call. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Nikki, for coming today. I really appreciate it. I learned so much. I can't wait to talk to you in the green room again. Um, as soon as we hang up, as soon as I hang up I'm going to be going, ah, no, I'm not. But uh, I love what I absolutely love what you're doing. It is so needed. And it's something, you know, everyone's thinking about the mental health of people. And, and I think that's great. But I think there's the emotional health. And especially as they become the people that the future leaders of America, right? They, we've got to get them 
to the point where they feel confident in what they're doing. So I love what you're doing and I just commend you for doing that. And I'm so proud to be part, part of your world and your tribe now. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. And for my listeners, thank you so much for listening in. We sure appreciate it. Hey, take a quick minute and scroll down to the bottom of your phone and give us a five-star rating and write a great comment in here about Nikki, about what you learned, what you'd like to hear about. We love hearing all of your feedback and thank you so much for making the time to uh, join us today. Last but not least, hop on over to YouTube. We have the links in the, in the show notes, hop over to YouTube and um, subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can see not only Nikki, but everybody else that we have interviewed over the last three years on this particular podcast. And I will catch you on the next episode of Success to Significance. See you later. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.